Hi friends, welcome to the Unshakable Grace podcast. I am your host, Jamie Lopez, mom of two beautiful girls, criminal justice graduate turned entrepreneur and a huge personal development and growth junkie. This podcast is for people who want to change their lives, know they are meant for more and are ready to create a life by design. My mission for this podcast is to inspire and motivate you to step outside your comfort zone, take action, do the work to build your confidence and work on your mindset to become unshakable and live a grace-filled life. We will grow together through weekly episodes dropping Tuesdays where we will talk about life, we will talk about love, business, mindset, and all sorts of things and hear real life stories that will inspire us to take action because as the saying goes, we are what we listen to. And as my favorite mentor Jim Rohn would say, for things to change, you have to change. For things to get better, you have to get better. For things to improve, you have to improve. When you grow, everything in your life grows with you. So with that said, strap in, hang tight, and trust the magic of new beginnings. Hello, hello, friends. I am so freaking excited. Welcome back to the Unshakable Grace podcast. You have no idea the treat that you are in for today. So, just a little bit of backstory the person that I have here with me today is not only beautiful, but she is a freaking best selling author, she's a motivational speaker. She's a master life coach. She's a podcast uh, host. She's a founder and CEO of Centrella Company. Um, and she's just the freaking manifestation queen. And when I say that, if you go follow her, I will ob- obviously have her share um, where you can connect with her, where you can follow her. But if you follow her, you will see what I mean by manifestation queen. I am so freaking excited to have Sarah Centrella on the show with us today. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to pour into others and share your story because I heard it last year. So mind you, this was an episode that you did on the Ed Milet show in 2018. Yes. And I heard it last year in 2022. So two years later, it just goes to show the power of sharing your story and how when it's put out in the world in, you know, platforms like, you know, podcasts and social media, how it just continues to change people's lives. And so Thank you again for being on here, um, but take it from yeah. here, dear friend, because you have a powerful, powerful story to share with the world. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Jamie. It's great to get a chance to meet you personally, and um, hello to everyone out there, because, you know, like you said, we all have a story. We all have been through difficult uh, times and been through ups and downs in our life, and it's really like what you do with that and how you come through it. I mean, that's what I've learned more than anything, right? Like we can't, um, we have no control over what life is going to throw at us, but we always have a choice. We can either like disappear and, you know, I always say like fall off the face of the earth, or we can decide to be stronger and better for it. And, um, you know, I think part of the story that you're referring to that that I told on the Ed Milet show, which shout out, I know all your followers probably already are listening to the show, but um, <laughs> the greatest podcaster of all time. Uh, <laughs> and I like to, um, I'm very proud of the fact that I was the first woman he ever interviewed on the show. And it was a really incredible moment uh, that changed my life. So I'll get into that later. That's a, a separate story. But I think for me, the reason why I'm here and we're even able to have this conversation um, is because of what I call an earthquake moment that happened to me, got close to 14 years ago, uh, now in 2008, <laughs> uh, 
Um, but at that time I was married to my high school sweetheart. We'd literally been together half of our lives, been together since we were 16 years old. Um, we had a five and a half year old. I had one-year-old twins. I was a stay-at-home mom. I'd like, you know, quit my job to take care of the kids and, and whatnot. And not only that, which was stressful and difficult, but uh, it was also the housing bubbles. We had just lost our house in foreclosure, just like lost everything that we had worked so hard for. So there was just all this kind of heavy and difficult things that we were going through at the time. And one day I was making dinner in, uh, in the kitchen and my husband had just come home from work. He was in the shower. And all of a sudden I just had this moment where I was like, Huh. I'd been watching the Oprah Winfrey show earlier in the day, back when she had it on every day. And they were talking about how to know if your spouse is cheating. And I remember in that moment, just going, it's an annoying topic. Like, why do, why does she have to like, why couldn't it be something fun? I don't need that topic today. And I think I even muted the TV and just like went about my business. And, um, I remember like glancing up and there was, you know, how they like kind of put the little reader board up that tells you what the, what they're talking about or their tips. And, the first one I saw was like, if they're hiding their phone and I remember it didn't stick with me then, but in this moment, I was just, he's in the shower and I'm cooking dinner. All of a sudden I was like, huh, where's his, and it was just that split second, total body flash. If you've ever been in that situation, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where it's just like an instant terror that kind of goes through you. And I just knew, I knew instantaneously. I was like, oh my God. Um, and sure enough, I, when I found his phone, there was a brand new text message from his mistress at the top. And uh, I was like, I went in the shower and turned the water off and said, get the fuck out of my house and don't come back. And uh, our marriage was over in probably eight minutes. Um, and it was just and this crazy, crazy explosion of everything in my life. I mean, I, when I heard, I mean, yes, that is the story that I was specifically talking about because when I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh, because first thing that came to my mind is like the reaction, right. To have seen that on his phone and not really have like, there was like no plan B. It was just like, you took, you know, <laughs> you took <Yeah>. action. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that yeah. sometimes the first thing that I thought when, when I heard that is, I think sometimes the best thing to do is just Take listen action. to your gut. Listen yes, to your listen gut. To you your gut. Take your gut. I always say, like, if we're all hardwired with the best life coach on the planet, you know, I'm a life coach for a living. Like, that's what I do for my job. But if people listen to their intuition, I wouldn't need to have this job, right? Because our intuition is the thing that tells us what to do. We just spend 90% of our time fighting with it and arguing with it and trying to talk ourselves out of it. And I think people have asked me you know, ever since now I can kind of see how that sounds shocking. It didn't even seem that part didn't seem shocking to me at all. I was like, obviously like he has another <laughs> life, like, you know, and it, it was very shocking to me that over time I realized like so many people were like, well, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you go to therapy? And why didn't you do all these other things? And I was like, first of all, the text message was perfect. Like the universe set that up for me in like the most perfect way. It literally said, and I quote it in my, in my book, Hustle, Believe, Receive, but uh, it said, I can't wait till you're finally free, all mine, no more sharing, smiley face. And uh, so the universe knew what I needed to, 
to see, to know exactly what was going on, to know that there's no talking yourself out of this. Um, and I think, you know, I had been raised and my personal belief system was like, no, that is not okay. That is the line in the sand. Um, so there never was an alternate option for me. It just, I was, I, it was not so much like there's absolutely no coming back from this, you know, and not just that, but I, I'm a huge believer just just how you are. But it almost feels like everything was lining up for you to mm -hmm. see that message. I mean, the simple fact that completely, yes, we randomly watch things sometimes on TV. Yeah. But that day, Oprah with yeah. the signs, of, you know, it's like everything just aligned. Yeah, everything was. And, and it was so crazy because I had truly no warning. I mean, we, like I said, been together since we were 16 years old. I'm not a jealous person by nature. So I'd never one time question him, never thought it was even in the realm of possibility. There were no signs. There was, you know, nothing other than life was pretty stressful that year, losing the house and all the stuff. But, um, so I think it was this crazy no joke, 15 minutes before we're having dinner, 15 minutes later, he's out the door throwing his ring, you know, across the house and kissing the kids goodbye and gone. And I'm just sitting there going, what just happened to my life? Because I'd never, ever thought of any other life, right? <laughs> like when you're married, you're like, we're doing this till death do us part. You know, I got the rest of my 70 years mapped out. Um, and so I think it was, as it's kind of started sinking in, of course, I was completely devastated. I wanted my sister came over and took care of the kids. And I was on the floor, no joke, on the hardwood floor for hours. I cried so much. My face was stuck to the floor. I couldn't move. It was like catatonic, you know, but in that moment, like my mom brain <laughs> and my, uh, you know, you have ladies out there, you get this too. Like we're always thinking of a million things at once and how to kind of solve a problem. And so even though I'm going through like this personal thing, that's obviously very devastating. I'm immediately going like, what do I do now? Like, how do I get up and figure this out? How do I take care of my kids? And financially it was completely devastating. I had no access to bank accounts. The car was in his name. Literally everything when it was in his name, when I have $5 to my name and kind of like all that realization soaking in as I'm laying on the floor was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm and you know, there are, there's a couple reasons why I was like, I need to have you on the podcast. One of the reasons is because I think that there are so many other women that I think are in relationships in which they know, right. That their husbands are cheating, but they stay because maybe they have no access to bank accounts. Right. Maybe they feel stuck, you know, because they've been home with the children and they feel that they have no other way out. And then the second reason for that is because there's something that has stuck with me that you said, and you say that manifestation comes in the form of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I truly do believe, I mean, even your story, right? The yes, things were, you're, I'm going to have you kind of walk us through like mm -hmm. what happened afterwards and how hard life was, and then how you kind of caught a break mm -hmm. and then hit rock bottom again, yeah. right? And then how then things started getting better, right? Because I want people, especially those that are, you know, giving up hope and feel that, you know, this is just a joke or it's a cheesy yeah. thing that, you know, manifesting and visualizing all these things. And they don't believe in it because they think it's just some right, right, out of yeah. this world type yeah. of thing. I think that your story is incredible because it goes to show and it proves to people that you're going to go through the hard, but you got to keep right. pushing, right? You got to keep 
wanting it and hoping and visualizing yourself becoming that and having those things. So let's start with, you know, let, let's help the women that let's say they do feel stuck and they're in something like that. Like, what yeah. would you, what would you tell someone that is in that situation? They feel like their back is against the wall. They have no way out. What would you, what would you say to say to them? Yeah. You know, it, it breaks my heart and because I, I do run across it all the time um, as, as a coach and especially, you know, having shared my story over the last decade or so um, I get DMs almost daily from women who are like, I'm in a similar situation, or I just went through that, or I think this might be happening. And um, now I understand how my reaction was so rare because it really is the 1% that kind of have a hard line and then, then decide to figure it out after making a decision that is in alignment with what they believe and whatever. Um, but I think a lot of women, like you said, know that and they want to make take action and make a change um they don't want to be continually disrespected they want to be able to start something new but they have no idea how and i do think the logistics piece of it is one of the biggest kind of obstacles for most women to um overcome because especially if your man controls the finances um and interestingly enough that whole Part of my story was something that I did crazily enough because I was always the one that controlled all the finances, but then just over time made financial decisions. I mean, he was the breadwinner. So it kind of made sense to have things in his name and on and on. So all of that was such a slippery slope and was truthfully, most of them were my decisions, which made it really ironic <laughs> that I put myself in this place to be kind of so, so vulnerable with out an income without a job or access in any way. And so now I am absolutely such an advocate for women to have access to their own financials. Like, you know, maybe you can't have the, the joy checking or whatever the case is, but like, even if you have quote unquote, a stipend or a salary from your husband for household stuff, like you can squirrel away, like you can create a plan. And when it comes down to it, honestly, it is just logistics. And mm -hmm. I think when you really look at it like that, every single one of us knows that we have the capability to figure out how to move. All of us have done it, right? Not, there isn't one of us that are still living in the same place we were born in, right? So it's that basic. Like it really is, okay, let me get a list out. Let me start checking off the list. It feels completely overwhelming. And like, it's such a different scenario. Like you can't get yourself out of it. But when you strip it all away, it's logistics. It's like, Hey, I gotta I was, do that's what I gotta do. You know? Yeah. And I was just going to say, sometimes it's not about figuring out the how it's more of like figuring what you want, getting clarity mm -hmm. on what you want for your life. And then as you start making the moves and you start taking action, I feel like the how will kind of fall, fall into place. Would you agree? Yeah. I think it does with a lot of things in this particular instance, rarely because yeah. I think that in order to leave a, a marriage or domestic violence situation or a bad relationship in any capacity, um, waiting for it to work out is not a good plan. Um, right. I mean, just think of it from the basic, you're wasting time, you're wasting yeah. your precious yeah. life, you're wasting precious time that you could be doing something that you love, getting through the difficult transitional part. And yes, there is about a year that is really freaking horrible. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, that transition year, 
freaking sucks, but you get on the other side of it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, do I have agency in my life? Do I get to make my own decisions? Can I create whatever I want? And whether you are lucky enough to have resources or you have zero resources, that is still true for you on either side. You still have options. You still have the ability to, like you said, dream and visualize of something better. And kind of to your second point, that is how I got off the floor legitimately. Like I, from that moment of just sitting there going like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, thinking like, how do I get daycare when that's, you know, three grand a month and whatever. And you're going through all these things going like, none of this is going to work. I don't know how to do this on my own. I had this like epiphany or God or the universe, whatever you want to say that just literally spoke to me in that moment and just said like, what if you can, like, what if you could figure it out? What if you would be okay? And I think like I was in such a precarious spot, literally in that moment where I knew subconsciously or consciously that I had a choice that I could totally fall apart and just disintegrate or I could, what if I can, and I could just figure out what that meant. And it was a life raft to me. I was like, okay, well, if I could do it, then what would I do? And it started leading a trail of breadcrumbs into literally the next step of what I did the next day, what I did the day after that to like actually start putting a plan together and begin creating my new life. And that is, I'm going to give that tip to everyone on here. If you just flip the what ifs in your life, because they'll come to you automatically. There are all the things that say, what if I start a podcast and no one listens? Maybe I shouldn't start a podcast, right? How quickly that negative what if keeps us locked down and keeps us in our box, in our limited capability. But if you just flip it the other way and say, what if people love my podcast? What if it's actually really successful? Then what? And all of a sudden the doors start to open and you follow the trail of breadcrumbs to what you want. Um, and it, it was the first thing that's really started to change my life because I just okay. started moving through life with that idea of yeah. wanting to do it. So then take us through some of the action steps that you, you took, you know, in the next, whether it's few months or you said it was a year, right? Uh, yeah, the first year was terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, initially, and, and I do think that this is a real thing. There are a lot of women who cannot imagine what the logistics would be. And just if they could, they would actually take action. And so it was when it came down to it, really simple. I was like, I can't stay in this house because I can't afford this house. I have no income. Um, besides all the utilities were past due. So I was like, I better figure some shit out right now. Right. Yeah. And so I immediately went around and tried to get a smaller apartment that maybe I could afford. And the crazy thing was no one would rent me. Like I just had a foreclosure. I just had a bankruptcy on my thing and I had no job and no income. And imagine schlepping three little babies into every apartment complex and falling apart and being a sobbing mess and trying to tell your story. And literally every single one of them are closing the door saying, that sucks for you, but you know, and so it was not easy, but I was determined it was survival, right? I knew it was survival. I knew that like, once I just got a place to live, which is our most basic need in life. Right. Um, and I did, I wound up finally finding someone who would rent me like a 700 square foot 
shitty ass apartment and I've never been more grateful for anything in my life. Um, and then it was like, okay, I've got to get a job. And I just went out with that same hunger every single day. It was terrible. It was a big recession at the time. No one was hiring, you know, so there was so many cards kind of stacked against me, but for me, it was like, I do or die. Like, I don't have options. Like I'm going to do this until I get the freaking job. And then once I got that first job and it took a while, it took probably about six weeks. Uh, and it literally paid the car payment and the daycare. That was it. I couldn't get off food stamps because I couldn't afford food, but I was like, I don't care. <laughs> it's something like I'm clawing my way back up. Right. Uh, and that was when I started to make dramatic changes in how I looked at my future. And I remember when I got that job, um, I started like thinking like, okay, well, if I made commission, that would change things a lot. So I'm really motivated to now make commission because I need that money. But then also like, what if I was really successful and was so successful, I could actually take my kids on vacation, which was insane. I was having, you know, like I could barely like keep the lights on. But those dreams, to your earlier point, the ability to dream and the ability to have visualization, it's actually, there's nothing, um, you know, wishy-washy or sci-fi or anything about that. It's actual facts. There's so much research behind it that if your brain can construct something, anything that you want, so if your brain can build it, then the rest of the steps necessary to get it will start coming naturally to you. The more that your brain focuses on the thing that it wants, builds it out in a way that initiates hope, desire, excitement, anticipation, all of those elements that are kind of core to manifesting, a lot of people think manifesting is woo. -woo. It's not at all the way that I teach it. It's very logical. It makes perfect sense. Every single person I've ever met in my life has done it. They just didn't know they were doing it. Um, and so for me, that's, that's what I did. I plastered my little tiny hole in the wall cube with all these pictures of like, what if I was successful, this is what it would look like. And that was the start to building a totally different life. I know when I, when I heard that, I thought, how incredible, because I think that for most people, right, when we are in the thick of it, when we are in the hard, it is so easy to victimize ourselves and continue mm -hmm. down that path and go deeper and deeper and say, you know, well, life just sucks. Life is never good for me. Yeah. You know, only good things happen to other people. And when I heard your story, I go, wow, she's, she's going through hard and she still found a way to say what if and then start yeah. plastering you know pictures and you know your vision board and how things just started happening afterwards like once you started having those pictures there and you would look at them and I thought shifting just mm -hmm. shifting your perspective sometimes makes all the difference in your life, right? You can either, like you said, focus on what you don't want and attract more of that or focus on the things that you want, like right. hope and vacations and this and that, and then start attracting more of that. And I think that like for me, one of the biggest things, like I've said previously before, I was just like, well, you know, like you said, a lot of people don't know how to do it the right way. So they give up because nothing good's coming, right? And for me, the biggest thing that I've seen is that you're absolutely right. You have to start showing up as that person that you want to be as well. Start believing that that can happen for you because I, at the end of the day, 
it doesn't matter what anybody's going to say to you. It doesn't matter what anybody tells you that you're capable of. You have to believe that you are yeah. capable of achieving that. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think to your first point, the victimhood stuff, I think that by nature, pretty much a hundred percent of us are going to go there in those dramatic circumstances. Right. And for sure, there was a million days where I was like, why? <laughs> like this, like, why couldn't it have just been he was having an affair and everything else was okay? You know, like, why did it have to be every single thing was felt impossible? Like, all of it was completely building from scratch. And there were many days where I was like, I'm a good person. Why is this <laughs> happening to me? You know, but I think I really began to to realize and thank god for oprah because back in the day she was the only exposure i had to anything personal development so nowadays personal development is super hip and super cool and everyone's super into it right thanks to podcasts and lots of other things back in the day it was not i mean there was oprah and she would every now and then have a show about that and people are like what is she talking about like that's crazy you know and I remember there was a show she had on where she was talking about with Louise, hey, how you could change your thoughts. And I just was like, that's insane. Like, what are they even talking about? I couldn't, my brain could not wrap around it. But in the moment, as I was kind of starting to, to build my life back and had these pictures and had these dreams and I identified things that I wanted, I started hearing the voice that was totally taking me the other direction and the voice of victimhood is taking you the wrong direction people like it is taking you straight back to where you started and I started paying attention to how I felt right I really started listening to my feelings because that first year was so dark and so intense and so difficult that it was easy for me to tell if something made me feel a tiny bit better right and so those pictures, looking at those pictures all day made me feel a tiny bit better. And the more times I would look at the picture and like, just doze off into like a happy little daydream about one of them. I was like, oh shit, that actually felt really good. That was like a little shot of sugar, you know, like, and the more I did that, the less I was pulled down those rabbit holes. And then I started to really change it and say, you know what, that's somehow, some way that happened for a reason. Let me figure it out. Yeah. Guess what? Now I have a complete clean slate and I can build whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I was just like, okay, like, you know, it took a little while, but then I started seeing it as this amazing opportunity to live my life the way that I know I was born and put on this planet to live it and would have never had that opportunity. Uh, had my marriage not ended in that much of a dramatic way, because I probably would have stayed, you know, had it, had it not happened. So the universe had it all planned. Yeah. You know what yeah. <laughs> I, I truly do believe so. And I, and I do think that, gosh, I, I look at most successful people and they have a powerful story behind them. And I think that that's what makes them that inspiring, right? Because if you didn't have the story behind you, then yes, can yeah. you, you know, motivate some people here and there? That's great. But it, it's the fact that you, you went through all of that and still came out on top, which let me ask you this. What do you think separates people from, from you have two people that are in hard situation. Mm -hmm. One is like you that decides to be open-minded about it and 
to the possibility that if you just think differently, your life is going to change. The other one thinks it's crazy. So do you think that that may be the separator is just being open to the possibility that your life is going to change just by changing your thoughts? You know, I think, um, I think there's two kinds of people in lots of different situations. And I think in this particular one, even though I didn't know any self-help tools, um, God, if I knew what I knew now, (laughs) would have been a lot shorter time span of of a lot of stuff. But, um, but I think there was also a gift that I had and people have asked me this a lot too. Like, do you think you'd be where you're at right now if you didn't have kids and that same exact scenario happened? No, I probably wouldn't. Like there's a fire under your ass when you have three kids to feed, you know? So I think in a lot of ways that helped me steer clear of the poor me stuff and was like, get up chick and figure this shit out. Like you don't have time. You can't sit here and cry for a week. If you do that for a week, like we're screwed, you know? And so in a lot of ways, it forced me to kind of like have that motivation and start to figure it out. Um, I think if we're talking about some skills that people are kind of like natural at versus learned, I am a natural hustler. I've been that way my entire life. I started work at 15. I, you know, for 10, 20 years worked four jobs, you know, like I know how to do that. So I get that a lot of people don't have that type of instinct or maybe work ethic or understanding of doing whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to survive when you have to. Um, but every single thing that I teach now is all things you can learn. And a lot of people don't think that they're like, well, if I'm not really all that motivated or, you know, life is throwing me all these terrible things and, uh, what do I, you know, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to sit here and do nothing. My instinct is let me figure it out. (laughs) Let me try and find a way to kind of get out of that. And anyone can turn that on. But the difference, the true separator, I believe, is the fact that one has the ability to see that a different outcome is possible. Whether they believe they can actually achieve it or not, they're looking for it everywhere. They're like, oh, the neighbor has, the neighbor's doing okay. Okay. In my brain, I'm going to someday be the neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) They're looking for any, any like validation in the world anywhere that will say, maybe you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. The other person is looking for all the negative, right? Like, oh, here's all the stories of how life threw you all these curveballs and you, you know, fell apart. So that, that again is, you can learn to switch that too, but, you know, I'm thankful that having those dreams and, and having the ability to daydream about them really transported me from the darkness of what was happening on a daily basis because the core of manifesting is whatever I focus on, I get. That's just right. like the basic rule, right? So even though I didn't know that then, I was spending most of my time looking at these pictures that, as I'm at work. That's eight hours a day that yeah. I'm kind of daydreaming. And every time I'm making a sale, I'm like, oh my God, I'm that much closer to that beach house or, you know, and I just had fun with it. I wasn't like, literally never thought any of it would come true. Truly, 100%. Never thought any of it. It just made me feel better. It made me feel like, maybe there's a possibility my life could look different. And if there's a 1% chance, shit, I'm all in. I'm all in on that 1% chance. Like I have nothing to lose, you know? And so that now, now I know and teach like that, that is the magic potent potion. Like if you can turn your focus and your attention and your daily thoughts 
from literally whatever's happening today, whether it's your to-do list, whether it's the annoying person at work, whether it's, you know, whatever, get out of that and drop into a daydream of literally anything you want and build it in your mind like a movie. We all have that capability. Every single one of us has a capability. It just is practice. It's a muscle that needs some work. We're not used to doing it. But every single time you do that, that is the core piece of creation. So you're literally creating it first in your mind so that now opportunities will come and you'll recognize them and you'll take action and you will absolutely start living a life that's like eerily similar to your dreams, if not exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love everything you say. Cause I, I agree. Um, so take us, this is one of my favorite parts when I heard your story. Okay. So take us through the point of where now you're doing pretty good. You're getting ready to create a new vision board. Um, and you're asking your son, Mm-hmm. participate yeah. in the vision board okay so yeah. and was it correct me if I'm if I'm wrong but was this before you had kind of that second hardship or was this after yeah this this was before so I okay. you know, so, yeah after after about a year and a half uh after he left so about 18 months after he left was when the board started coming to life and like I said I had never ever thought that any of it was going to happen uh so when it did I was rocked. I was like, what is happening? You know, it was like, and what I know about manifesting now is most of my boards do manifest at least 50% within the first 18 months. So like now I kind of know that that's, that's a thing, but then I didn't. And I had gone from, you know, this tiny little apartment, barely making ends meet, struggling every single day, um, to getting a promotion, getting a new job, getting a promotion, and all of a sudden wearing suits to work and, you know, like every job I had, I want to be very clear. I worked my ass off. Okay. So I wasn't handed anything. I worked my ass off. I put myself out there. I told my bosses, if there's any opportunities, I'll learn it. I'll figure it out, you know, whatever. And so, and and you were blogging during this time, right? I just started blogging. Yeah. Right about the time that it started, uh, uh, started coming to life. And I remember the very first manifestation that I had, I'd put a picture of New York city, like times square on the very first board. And I've been looking at it for a year, you know, uh, and on it, I had written like New York city baby or whatever. And I remember the first business trip I was taking as a sales rep and I'd worked myself up from inside sales where all you're doing is on the phone here and no to like being outside a uh, corporate rep. And, um, we had, a like a week in New York planned and there was a bunch of us going to New York. And I remember like printing off the stuff and like packing my desk and, you know, being nervous and hoping I got everything right or whatever. And then I looked at my board, which is right behind my computer. And I was like, oh shit, like I'm going to New York. Like, oh my God. (laughs) And I just remember like having the best week in New York and, and taking a picture of me in Times Square that literally is a side-by-side comparison of that original picture. And, And the whole time I was there, feeling like Cinderella, honestly. And that's the thing I love about teaching manifestation is that when you've spent time visually living a moment in your mind as your happy escape, then when it happens in real life, it is the most heightened experience of joy that you'll ever know. It is 
it totally takes away all that like bitching and moaning about, you know, like you're just there going like, I can't believe this is my life. Like how lucky am I? And it's the best feeling ever. I, I don't do drugs, but if I did, I have a feeling this would be, <laughs> be any high, right? Like it's just, it's incredible. And that was my first experience with it. And that whole week, you know, and I was, I was still, I wasn't making a lot of money, but to be in New York on the company card, not have to worry about anything. It was like the first time I hadn't worried about any of that in forever. And I was just like, oh my God, this is a sample. The universe showed me what the life I want is like. And I got a sample. A taste of it, I yeah. want it. Right. And on the way home on that flight home, I was like, man, I'm going to figure this shit out because if I can do that again and again and again, I'm addicted. I want it. And so that whole kind of very first board I've now to this day manifested everything on that board, except for my interview with Oprah, but that will come one day. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, I've had so many interactions. Um, I truly believe it. I, I believe with, like her producers there. and stuff. So we're, we're almost there, but um, <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. And a ton changed in a very short amount of time. I mean, we're talking on food stamps, barely surviving to, you know, being courtside at NBA games, flying on private jets, like just dramatically different life. Um, and to, to your point that the time that I realized, okay, well, most of my boards manifest now, what do I do? Uh, I asked my son, I was like, what do you, you know, what would you want to do if you could do like the most outrageous thing in the world? What would it want to, what would it be? And him and I love football. we we're big Oregon Duck fans and big Ravens fans. And um, we always watched it together. We played it together and whatever. And he was like, the blind side had just come out with um, Michael. Orton. I love that movie. I he was like, that. we had just seen it. And he was like, I want to go, I want to go to a Ravens game and I want to meet Michael Orr. And I was like, shit. <laughs> you know like as a parent you're kind of like oh damn like should I not have done that because I have no clue how to make that happen and I don't want to disappoint this kid right but um so I told him what I truly believed and what I still tell everyone now like great let's put the dream out there and let's just have fun thinking about it and if it's meant to be it'll be and that's it like we forgot about it um and about a year later <laughs> Him and I are walking through the tunnel at Raven Stadium and we're on the sidelines before a game and Michael Orr walks right up to him and puts out his hand and was like, I heard you were looking for me, kid. <laughs> so, now, you know, even the most outrageous, outrageous things can manifest. Yeah, I know. When I when I heard that, I, I even had tears in my eyes. I was just like, that's so crazy because you're right. You, you talk about like, you know, I think in the episode that I was listening to you say, man, you know, like be a realist. Right. But then mm -hmm. you say like, don't be a realist, like right? just put it on your dream board, like whatever it is, put it on your dream board. And I think that for me, that's something that I've even thought before. Like, I don't ever want to tell my, my children, Hey, like let, let's put something on dream board that I then am going to go squash and say, well, that's not possible. Right. So I thought about that. And I was just like, it's just so crazy to think that you involved your son and he gave you something, not knowing what it was going yeah, to be. Yeah, and then yeah. that in itself manifested. And the connections that you made, like how that was all put together right, yeah. was just crazy. And because it's, and it's absolutely crazy because it comes in the form of an opportunity. Almost all of your manifestations, people are going to come as an opportunity. Well, because you were coaching by then, right? Yeah, I was I was starting to coach and I had worked a lot with a bunch of the Oregon Duck players. Um, and so I was 
my best friend was married to an NBA player. So I was starting to like be in that circle. Um, and I wound up working with one of their a former player, a retired player. And he was like, Hey, if you ever want to go to a game, just let me know and I'll get you tickets. And it was that kind of moment where you're like, that's what an opportunity looks like in case anyone wants to know, like, you know, it's not like, Hey, I'm going to give you an all expenses trip and make this like a red carpet thing. You don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Actually, when that opportunity came, I had just hit another huge adversity patch. I had just been laid off from my job. Our home that I had worked so hard to upgrade us out of that bad apartment had just flooded. We had just had to spend an entire month in a hotel hosted by the Red Cross. So everything I'd worked for had once again fallen apart. And I was like, there's no way I can make this happen. Like I see the opportunity. I know there's like a ding ding there, but like, shit, how can I do that now? Cause I'm going through this difficult time again. And it was one of those things, like if you are willing to take action and make a decision and make a commitment because you know, there's alignment there, right? Mm -hmm. The universe will always have your back, always have your back. And the moment that I was like, all right, I'm gonna look into this. Like I wound up having exactly enough flight miles from all the work travel I'd done before, you know, like all the things lined up. I think that whole trip cost me under 200 bucks. It was like 150 bucks for like four days, you know? So like a lot of people are always thinking like, I don't want to put a dream like that on there. Cause I don't know how I would make it happen and whatever, uh, you know, to, to your point. And I had that first reaction too. I was like, Oh God, I don't know how I can force this. I don't know how I can deliver on this. And that's where we get in our way right? Mm -hmm. That's where we block our dreams. That's where we shut them down and say, no, my little box is just fine. And if I can encourage everyone listening to this to stop doing that, stop filtering, like the moment that you filter something, you're turning off the possibility of it even ever happening. So if you start to look at everything that you want as like, just by identifying it, I've just gone from a 0% chance to a 5% chance. Cool. Like, why wouldn't you be all in on that, right? And that's better than nothing at all. Exactly. And the more that you kind of put the process in place, and I have a nine-step process that, um, that I teach, the more that all of it starts showing up in your life and you're taking action and the opportunities are coming and you're trusting the process, right? And you're changing your thoughts, uh, and you are doing the things that are within your power to control. You're not sitting around waiting to win the lottery, right? Like you're out there actively working towards your dreams in the capacity that you can. And there's always a piece of it that you will never control. We don't control timing ever. Mm-hmm. And most of the time we don't control the how. So if I look at the big things that I've manifested over the last decade, most of them came about in a way I never could have imagined in my life. Like the Michael Orr story is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't Mm -hmm. plan that. I couldn't, there's nothing I could have done to make that happen. So, you know, fussing about the how, which is where everyone wants to just get locked up in is pointless. Anyway, the universe is going to design it in a way better way than you can imagine if you're doing your part and your part is to let the dream go to say, Hey, I would love this experience. This moment or experience would be, would change my life. It would feel incredible. Like that's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. If it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, I'm not like sitting here waiting and freaking out on it, you know, like, yeah. And there is an element of letting it go. And I think most people understand 
that kind of concept, but it have a very hard time getting to the point where you can let it go. Now, so. now I know you've talked about like from a very young age, like you, you've kind of been a hustler. So that's in you, right? But I have seen this before where people kind of have like beginner's luck and then they have good things happen to them, but then bam, they get hit right between the eyeballs again. And then that second thing or that second struggle or that adversity will bring them down and then they stop and they quit there. What would you say is the most important thing to get in your head that it, once you decide to go for something, I mean, like, I know that obviously just don't quit. Right. But what would you say? Like, what advice would you give someone? Like, I know for me, I have different mantras where I'm like, I know life is going to hit me right mm-hmm. between the eyeballs when I least expect, and I just need to be ready for it. And I know that like, I've been through enough hardship now and have had great breaks to know that life is literally like the four seasons Mm -hmm. in life, right? You're going to have good seasons. You're going to have bad seasons and you should always be ready for them. But what would you tell someone like how to get through those hard humps so that you can come out on the other end again? Yeah. So I would say without a doubt, the biggest differentiator between someone who quits and someone who does not quit is the fact that the person who doesn't quit has a very clear vision of what they want in the end. And the, and that goes right back to our initial visual visualization, right? So if I am looking at the life that I want to build, which is on my future board, I have one behind me right now, um, that represents everything that matters to me, every moment that I want in my career, in love, in my family, in how I present myself, like everything, right? It is the whole package of the life and the lifestyle that I'm actively creating and manifesting every single day. So when I am clear on that, and I know what it is that I want in the long run, and every time I get discouraged, I go right back to my daydream. And I'm like, that's okay. There's going to come a day where I'm going to have this moment and this moment and this moment. And every time I drop into those moments, I'm being re-energized, right? And I'm getting that fire back. That's what I call relentless pursuit. And that's an amazing place to be at, but most people never get it to that stage because they quit long before that. And they say things like, oh, I guess it wasn't meant to be, or I guess I wasn't supposed to do that or whatever. And that's just like the the quickest cop out in the book, right? Mm -hmm. If you know what you want and you see it and you feel it, and when you think about it, it just, ooh, it gets you all jazzed back up. And you're just like, I can't wait for that to happen. Like, what can I do right now that is at least going to get the momentum going, at least going to make me feel like I'm doing something. A lot of times on those big dreams, it seems like there's not a lot you can do. There is, there's always something that you can do to put that energy in that direction to make it happen faster. And so if anyone is ever at that stage where they're like, oh my God, I just got knocked down again. Now what? And that scenario I just described, that was literally less than two years after my ex had left. I had just got on my feet. I had just got to the place where like I could buy clothes for the kids and we were doing okay. And, and literally it all just wiped out again. And that moment, you know, again, you naturally want to go to like, why me? Why is this happening? And I think by then I had already started to kind of learn the process a little bit. And I was like, this is happening for me for some reason that is going to get me closer to what I want. All I got to do right now is hold on tight 
and think about what it's going to be like when I get what I want. And so every chance I got, I was dropping into those daydreams. It's going to come a day. There's going to come a day. I'm going to be okay. Right. And literally that experience of one of my dreams on that second future board, it was represented in three places was to start speaking. And I never spoke before. I was kind of silently doing this blog um, and to do TV stuff. And those were my big, scary dreams that I didn't want anyone to see, you know, like whatever. (laughs) And the craziest thing happened, you know, the Red Cross came to our aid when our house flooded. A year later, they come back around and they say, hey, we have a national campaign, an awareness campaign for the Red Cross. And we think you guys would be great for it. Can we film you? And we wound up being national spokespeople for the Red Cross for, I think our ad ran for three years on every network there was. Um, Again, and I opportunity, just the way of speaking at their events all over the country. So it was absolutely the catalyst that I needed to jump to the next level of success. But the reason why I didn't just crawl back in a hole and be like, okay, this is all over is because I had that end game. I knew I was building a different life and nothing was going to come between me and that different life. And the more that you put that in your mind space and the more that you think about it in ways that are real life, like, you know, I wasn't saying, Hey, I want a mansion or I want like a Lambo or any of this bullshit. I was saying, I want to be on the beach in Hawaii, watching my kids build sandcastles. Right. And so that to me was what success meant to me in a way that engaged me in a way that got me excited. And then when I'm on the beach, watching my kids make sandcastles, you know, it's like this heightened experience. So that is, I mean, there's a lot that I teach that is very different than what people think of as manifesting. Um, But a big key to it is that everything I teach has to be in alignment with what truly makes you happy, what is truly customized to you. Like you can't just go through magazines and pull out random crap. There's absolutely no point to doing that. You have to decide first, what is the life and lifestyle that I want to live? What is my absolute best, most gorgeous, happiest, most present, most balanced life look like? Can I answer that question in every category? And then you go on Pinterest and you find pictures that are actually those things, not just random tacos from a magazine. (laughs) I mean, come on. You gave an analogy, Sarah. You gave an analogy um, that said that our brain is kind of like playing tennis, like by yourself Mm -hmm. and how you are constantly getting, you know, those thoughts coming in. Right. But you got to hit them right back. Like explain your analogy to people so they understand how that works. So mental tennis is one of my core tools uh, that I teach. I teach four tools for changing your thoughts and your mindset permanently, but it's not a band-aid. It's not just like, oh, I want to feel good or I'm positive thinking. This is like legitimately changing your belief systems, your thought process so that you forever get new results. Super, super powerful. And the simplest one of all the tools, one literally a five-year-old could do is called mental tennis. And so you imagine that you've been, you're out on a tennis court, right? You get the visualization set first. You're out on this tennis court. You have like one of those electric ball spitters. It's you know, spitting a ball out every two seconds or whatever, like no one in their right mind is going to stand in front of it and just stand there, right? You're going to go out there with your racket and you're going to, you're going to try, you're going to try to get as many as you can. Some will go out, some won't get returned, whatever, but you're putting in the effort. You're running around, you're trying to bat them back over the net. And 
that is happening in our brain all day long, except for, for most people, what's coming at you 3 million times a day is negative self-talk or negative belief systems about your financial situation, about how you look, about how you are as a wife or a mom or a husband or whatever, uh, about your job all day long. It's a barrage and we're just standing there taking it. Right. And so every single time that we stand there and we listen to that internal dialogue, come at us and beat us down and say, no, one's going to like you if you do that thing, or you're not going to be successful if you do that or whatever, all of that is creating an outcome. It's creating the outcome that matches that story. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you look around your life and you're like, oh, that's weird. My life looks a whole lot like this story. They match almost always, almost always. So if anyone doesn't believe anything I'm saying, just do the inventory in your own life and you're, you will see it is so self-fulfilling. It's insane. So when you realize that it's just like a mathematical equation, it's going to happen no matter what your brain is wired to do this. It's wired to look for outcomes that match the story we're telling ourselves. Then you're like, oh, can I hack the system? not change it. Not like, what can I just put, throw a tweak in there? So now I'm going to use the same process that exists, but get a totally different outcome. And how we do that is we throw, we hit that ball right back over the net. And all you do is say the reverse. So mm-hmm. if the thought that's coming in saying, uh, don't start the podcast, don't write the book. No, one's going to be there for you. You say, I'm going to write this book and people are going to love it. That's right? so good. People are going to love this book. Right. So you're just you don't even have to think about it. You don't have to like put thought into it, come up with mottos and mantras, none of that stuff. You literally just are like, what's the opposite of this word? <laughs> and you put it back every single time and something incredible will begin to happen. Two things. One, that negative thought starts to recede because it's no longer being fed. And so it naturally starts coming, stop, stops coming up as often as it did before, right? But even better, every time you've reversed the sentence, which felt like a lie, right? Because you're like, that's crazy. I don't feel that way at all. It starts creating that new outcome. And so that belief, the new one that you're reversing is like a tiny little seed. And every single time you do it, it starts to get a little root system, starts to grow a little bit, right? And over time, in a very natural way, a way you won't even realize, as long as you're just doing it, you're just playing that mental tennis, you'll wake up one day and you're like, holy shit, I'm actually that person. Like I'm that person enough that anybody can come challenge me and I'll be like, sorry, dude, I'm that person. Yeah. Right. Even when in the very beginning, it was the furthest thing from who you were. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you can do it with anything. You can do it with body image. You can do it with confidence. You can do it with love, money, you name it. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I heard that, I go, that is the most that was like for me one of the best analogies I had heard because it was in I'm one of those just give it to me simple 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 terms and so I understood it where I was just like just hit the damn thoughts back back out of your all you have to do is reverse it you know reverse it replace them you know try to plant a new belief and so I just, I kept it. I'm telling you, like, I have so many nuggets that I've gotten from you that I'm just like, these are simple nuggets that are, that will change your life, life changing. It will change your life forever. There's no way it can't because you're putting a new outcome 
into the world that didn't exist before. So a hundred percent, if you're just consistent with that, the new outcome will start to show up. Like it yeah. has to. So share with us. Um, I actually am super excited. I don't know why I didn't do this sooner, but I'm super excited. I actually just ordered your bundle of books. And so oh, I'm so stoked. I'm, I can't wait. I had listened to um, your first book, which I think is the Hustle Believers. I had heard it on, it, it's on Audible. Audible? Yeah, it's on yes. Um, and so I had heard it there. And then uh, now I'm just like, you know what? I need the hard copy. So I bought the whole bundle. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the different books that you have. Yes. Uh, so Hustle Believe Receive is the first one. It's my OG. This is my first baby. Um, and it's it an has, incredible book. Thank you. It has eight of the nine steps. It has the stories I just was talking about. Plus it has the stories of real people. It has, mm-hmm. I interviewed 50 people for the book um, to just show how this process works for anyone, whether you knew it or not, which is pretty incredible. Um, and then the second book is based on step five. It's an expansion of step five. Um, and it's all about manifesting. It teaches you how to build the board. My methods are totally different than how anyone else does it. Um, so it gives you all the secrets to that. And then the new one, which just came out uh, last year, is all my life lessons on everything from parenting. So I give parenting advice, financial advice, advice on how to build confidence, change your body, just all of it. And you can get all of them at any bookstore nationwide, um, or of course, Amazon, or you can get signed copies at sarahcentrala.com. Give us a couple things of the things you wish you knew, um, a, a younger version of you. What, what would be one advice that you give a younger version of you? Oh God. Well, there's 80, <laughs> <laughs> there's 80 life lessons and that was cut down from 120. So there's a lot I wish I knew. But let's uh, say we, let's say if, if you're, yeah. we're talking about like, um, becoming the person that you are now and the manifestation queen that you become, what yeah. advice would you give yourself back then? If, if, Oh, I mean, I think the number one thing that has changed my life more than anything else is what we're just talking about. Like if, if I had known young and I've, I've pumped it into my kids since the time they were like, (laughs) they've got it. But if I had known that all I had to do to become whatever it was I wanted was to start controlling the voice in my head and that I didn't have to listen to whatever it was telling me that I got to choose. And I got to say, Hey, I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm successful. I'm able. I'm capable. I'm powerful. Like whatever those things are that you want to be. If I knew that (laughs) then, oh my God. So I am so passionate about teaching, teaching kids. I mean, my son is living his ultimate dream. He's playing football at the university of Oregon, which was, he's manifested his ultimate dream. So like it will work for anybody, but don't just take what other people are telling you as truth. Don't take the voices in your head, decide who you're going to be. And then you have to actively tell yourself every single day. You can't wait for things to make you feel that way or other people to make you feel that way or your circumstances to change to feel that way. Because guess what? We all know that none of that does, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Waiting for any of that, you're going to be so disappointed. How you get there is by every single day telling yourself all those yeah. things yeah. and you will become it. Do you, do you, Sarah, feel like you are at the point now where you, you're unshakable? Like you, you work so hard for me, like, and that's one powerful word, you know, we've gone through like losing our house in a fire, obviously our business, our winery family, uh, winery was shut down during COVID. So like, we've had a lot of struggles too. And I like, 
gripped onto the word unshakable, right? Like what did it mean for me? And for me, it was just like working so hard on the things that people can't take um, away from you, right? Um, so this will be the last question. Yeah, so yeah. do you feel that you're there now? I mean, I think it's always a work in, in progress. I mean, because it's a choice, right? So something could, could come along and I could succumb to it. I mean, I don't ever see myself making that choice because I know it's a choice. So I know that whatever life throws at me, I might not like it, but I know I'm going to have the choice. And I also have been practicing these tools for almost 15 years and they've never let me down yeah. and they've always gotten me through anything. So I know that in that moment, I might want to kick and scream and throw a little tantrum because guess what? We're allowed to have a good full day <laughs> moment, of tantrum. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I can throw a tantrum like nobody's business. Um, but then I give myself a time limit. I'm like, yeah, do your thing. Like feel sorry for yourself, whatever you want to do. You get 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On the 49th hour, bitch, get up and get going. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Honestly, you're like my soul sister because I have such a sailor mouth as well. So where oh, yeah, can people find you on social media? Where can they find you? Uh, Sarah Centrella at everything. So yeah, right. uh, Instagram is probably the best place where I share all my tips and stuff. So sounds good. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. I, I appreciate you so much. Um, thank you again for your time. And I know that you have other stuff that you have to get to. So again, I am honored that I was able to get you on here and I mean, again, I just took so many nuggets and I know that everybody that listens to the podcast is probably taking so many nuggets as well. So have a great day. Um, uh, thanks for having me I on, Jamie. Stay, I will stay connected with you, my dear. OMG, I know I'm not the only one that loved this freaking episode. So if you've stuck around to the end, thanks for listening. If you are new to the podcast, make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you rate it, leave a review, and it would mean the absolute world to me if you shared it with a friend or two. I love and appreciate every single one of you. And I know that this episode is going to help so many of you become unshakable. Please don't forget to connect with Sarah at Sarah Centrella on Instagram and also follow her, Google her, uh, her website at uh, sarahcentrella.com. She has so many amazing things to offer. She's a life coach. She has books. Um, she has private VIP groups. So just make sure that you connect. This is a woman that will completely change your life. Like I said, this is the manifestation queen herself. So with that said, thanks for listening, you guys. And I will see you guys here again at the Unshakable Grace podcast next Tuesday. Cheers. Have a great week.